In family practice, we see depression all the time. And it's manifested in so many different ways, as pure depression, as anxiety, as, you know, physiological issues, you know, fatigue, you know, there's so many things. So I'm very familiar with depression, very. And yes, I have definitely gotten people off of antidepressant medicines with lifestyle. So first, you're not poisoning your body with chemicals that causes inflammation, which causes inflammation in your brain, which causes depression a lot of times. You're moving more. And there's lots of research that shows that exercise works as well or better than quite a few uh, antidepressant medicines. So if I can get them to feel better by fueling their body better and moving more, then that helps their depression and we can take them off medicines. And then there's, you know, meditation and forgiveness and gratitude diaries. You know, there's plenty of research that shows if you write the three thing, three things you're grateful for every day in two weeks, your depression score will come down a little bit. And so you add all these tools together. And I, again, love getting people off medicines. And I don't, medicines are really great when you need them, but they have side effects. And so half the people take medicines for the side effects of the medicines they're given. So you're taking double that. So let's get you off everything if we can. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are Jess and BJ, and we're on a mission to create a better world. We believe this better world begins within each one of us. It lives in the purpose we unveil from being awake and ready. It's found in the bravery we act with to go after our dreams and to be better every day. It's found in the way we treat our bodies and minds as the temples they were meant to be and the kindness that we share with the earth and each other. We're more powerful than we know when it comes to our health and the health of our planet, we have more power than we are led to believe. Our guest today is Dr. Kim Scheuer, board-certified family physician and lifestyle medicine doctor. Dr. Kim is a part of the plant-based telehealth family and is licensed to practice medicine in 20 states. After her personal wake-up call in 2011, she has seen firsthand the transformative effects of coming out of the fog and into a vibrant whole foods plant-based life. Over this past decade, she has shifted her focus from disease management to disease reversal with great success and believes the small changes are what make the biggest impact. We're honored to have yet another esteemed plant-based physician on the mic for you today. Dr. Kim Scheuer, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much. It is a pleasure to be here. I'm thrilled. And I know you have a bit of uh, history steeped in athleticism as well. Am I correct in that? That is correct. Um, I used to live in Aspen, Colorado, and I always considered myself the top 2% of the country and the bottom 2% of Aspen in terms of athleticism. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've yeah, lived in towns legit. like that before. Yep. <laughs> so what, uh, what was your sport of choice? Were you uh, a skier? Yes. I was, I've been a skier since I was very young and uh, until I blew out my knees pretty early. Uh, I, and because I lived on the East Coast. I didn't have the ability to, to be competitive, but I did do a lot of jumping and exploring cliff jumping and things like that when I was younger. Uh, now I still ski quite a bit and I just love it. And since I changed my lifestyle, because I got rid of the inflammation on my knees that have had surgery before, I no longer have pain. And it's so much fun. So I still out ski tons of people on the bumps and I have a blast and I haven't had my replacements yet. Reconstructions, yes, no replacements yet. 
Where did you grow up in the East Coast? I grew up uh, born in Pennsylvania, moved to New York fairly young. And so I skied a lot of Vermont and upstate New York. So steep and okay. icy and Killington. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we had a a dear friend of ours who was also a longtime mogul skier. Uh, He lives out in Steamboat Springs, but we had him on the um, on the podcast too. But he was in like the Killington Ski School up there, and uh, you know, eventually went to the Olympics, and it was kind of his whole life. Uh, Yeah, pretty cool dude. But I mean, props to you. That's that's legit skiing the bumps. Oh, I love it. I I learned how to do it by kicking my butt on. Prima and Pronto in Vail one one winter, and I just kept going those two runs again and again till I got it right. And then I finally got it, and nobody was there to watch. I was like, shoot, it was awesome. And from then on, I got the bumps. Pre-Instagram. Pre-Instagram, absolutely. Long time ago. Other things that I love to do, I love to hike. I love to go up 14ers. I don't love to come down them, but I do enjoy it. I love to go up them. And... um, being out with my my pups, some mountain biking, anything that's outside is my favorite thing. What are some of the uh, ways that you like to feel yourself in your endeavors outside? Oh, just the the sounds, the smells, the feel. I actually, instead of being a tree hugger, I touch trees as I go past them. Mm-hmm. I love touching trees and I love feeling nature and just being out there. And it's amazing. So. Nice. What are some of the foods that you take with you? Ah, well, now I take lots and lots of homemade kind of gorp things, some dried um, dried fruits and some nuts and seeds. I also take leftovers of what I've had before. So maybe um, a whole sweet potato or things like that that I just carry with me, lots of water. Sometimes I... I, I lived in Sri Lanka for a couple of years, so I, I'm used to eating with my hands. So I'll just bring a bag of of lettuce and, and tomatoes and cucumbers and all kinds of things. And I just eat with my hands out there and oranges and lots of fruit. I just love to be out. And so I I also love to eat what's out there. So if I find some wild strawberries, they're in my mouth and it's great. Mm. Yeah. And you weren't always a veggie yeah, eater. So how did, yeah. What did it look like? <laughs> what was your fueling before when you were out there? Oh, before Milky Ways. I was I was a Milky Way vegetarian for most of my life. At about in in college, I had um, some roommates who decided to become vegan, and they were throwing away everything. And I said, "Wait, wait, give me the shampoo," um, and things like that. But you know, I decided to become vegetarian with them. And that night, I we were ordering pizza with pepperoni. I was like, "Oop, can't do that anymore." Um, but they lasted two weeks. I managed to be vegetarian until I was age from college to age 47 when I had an epiphany that one, my mom had breast cancer at 48. So how was I going to prevent that? Um, and two, my friend who was going to nutrition school decided to, um, do a three day food diary on me. And I thought, well, I eat better than 90% of Americans. I'll do great. And she came back and said, you eat terribly. You eat horribly. And I'd always struggled with weight and I couldn't understand. And I'd never, I was a terrible Milky Way vegetarian because I never ate salads. I haven't, didn't have a salad till I was 47. I mean, rare. I hated green things. And so when she came back and said, you eat horribly, 
And I started doing research and read the China study, watched Forks Over Knives. I said, I can't eat like that. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And she said she would cook for me for a month. So she made me, she made me a, a green smoothie right then. And I was like, I am not going to eat that. Oh, my gosh. And she, or drink that. And she said, just try it. And I tried it. It was delicious. I was like, okay. So I drank a green smoothie for a month. And I ate her food for a month, and I bought her a kitchen for that, and she because she cooked me for the month, and it was delicious. I lost tons of weight. I had to I my cholesterol, which was quote normal for Americans, plummeted um, because Americans who eat a sad a standard American sad diet um, end up with cholesterols that they still have. They have tons of you know, strokes and heart attacks and other problems. And so my normal cholesterol, which was normal for most people who eat the sad diet, plummeted. Now I don't worry about having strokes I also and heart attacks. And I don't worry about breast cancer that my mom had and colon cancer that's in my family and other medical problems. And my energy increased, my strength increased, my ability to be out in nature increased, my aches and pains went away. It was incredible. And uh, so then I, I didn't go back. I, you know, I, I ate that way for a full year, and then I went to Italy. And I went to Italy, and I thought, oh, well, I'm going to have some pasta, fungi, you know, pasta with, uh, you know, the oils and the cheeses and stuff. I'm in Italy. I'm going to do it. And because I was a cheeseaholic, too, and hadn't had cheese for a year. And I started eating, and within four days, I felt horrible. I was bloated. I had gained, I don't know, five, six, seven pounds. I was exhausted. I was sitting in back in my chair, like thinking, I used to feel like this all the time. I never want to feel like this again. Switched over and had the wonderful Italian veggies and fruits and got rid of the cheeses. And I had a great rest of my trip. So <laughs> it was a good wake up call to say, no, never want to feel like that again. Yeah, I've, I've had a similar moment of that, like, wow, I don't ever want to put anything in my body that's going to cloud me. Like, I think that was, for me, I was also a cheeseaholic. And um, I mean, just ugh, ugh, like, I feel sick even, like even thinking about eating like <laughs> that know. sharp cheddar that I used to crave. Um, but the cloudiness, it was like I yeah. lived in a fog. Um, and it was funny, I just naturally kind of put that in the intro. I didn't even make that connection um, that you were also a cheeseaholic. Did you feel that too? Like, did you feel it like It was a the fog? heaviness for me. Yeah. Even if it wasn't the weight, I just felt heavier. I didn't, I feel lighter now. I feel much more energetic. I just, when I walk, I have a spring in my step I didn't have when I was eating cheese. And, you know, I thought I can't give up cheese. And it was interesting because in the beginning, you know, for that first month, I ate what she had, which was no cheese. And then, you know, I, after that, I was like, well, why don't I, what I discovered during that month was I don't even taste the, I don't even miss the taste of it. You know, when I was having spaghetti, you know, when I was having pasta with a tomato sauce and I didn't have my cheese on top, I didn't miss the Parmesan. Or if I was having a sandwich with a lot of other stuff in it with hummus and other things and before I would have had a, a slice of cheese in there. I didn't even taste the difference. So why would I put in calories and fat and estrogens and hormones and crap that the, and antibiotics that they give to the cows and things like that and the, 
to, you know, if I, if I don't even taste the difference. And later on, I started understanding how even dairy with the cheeses is so harmful to the animals. And so I was like, that just went even further. And then I, after, I mean, I started this all for my own health, but then it went to the animal's health and then it went to the earth's health. And, you know, I started seeing the difference of what just going plant-based meant on our earth and our future for the kids in the future and, and for, you know, us in the future. And I was like, there's no way I'll go back. Never. And these are the, you've talked about small changes, like you really focus on small small changes. So yeah, I think it does start with yourself, right? And now look how it's expanded to the world, like this mission for the world. But uh, it's really a, a like an audit of yourself and seeing like, how can you change how you feel? And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, like most people don't know that they don't feel good or right. they don't have the fog. And do they kind of expect that way that they feel to be just how they feel? I think so. I mean, it's these little changes you don't even know as you're getting um, as you're getting more and more into these unhealthy habits. You know, if you're not exercising, you know, and you're just lying on your couch, you forget how good it feels to exercise and to move. And whether it's just walking out in nature, you forget if you're not doing it. You know, so I started this with me, and then I started with my patients because. You know, once it worked so well with me and then I started talking to some friends and, and some patients, the changes were incredible. And the changes were very were from weight loss, which is huge for some people, to blood pressure changes, which is, you know, people didn't expect. You know, they, I have somebody I know who is doing it to support his wife and his blood pressure all of a sudden plummeted. And the meds that he was supposed to be put on, he didn't need to be put on. Or we I have taught some CHIP programs, the Complete Health Improvement Program for uh, Pitkin County and Aspen. And I can't tell you how many people have said their gums, their teeth feel better. Their gums are not bleeding anymore. So little, little things that nobody expects. We talk about, you know, the weight and the cholesterol and the blood pressure a lot of times, but we forget how the, the gas and the bloating goes away, that the poop, your stools get much more easy um, there's that whole saying that you can tell somebody who's whole food plant-based because they, it, it takes them less time to pee, to poop than to pee, which is, <laughs> I thought it was normal to strain and have a stool three, maybe every three or four days. And now it's like every morning I'm like, oh, done, <laughs> you know, and then a couple of, you know, it's just great. It feels so much better. And that's part of why I feel lighter too. Was there a moment or a series of things that kind of brought you up to that moment of like, oh, I'm like the age of my mom when she was diagnosed? Like, what was leading you to that? Or were you just getting into that age where you're starting to be like, okay, wait, how the heck did I get, for, how did I get to be 47? Like, I feel like I'm, you know, should be younger than that. Well, I think when I was 47, I felt what I felt 47 should be. And my mom had breast cancer at 48. So I was like, uh, you know, I was thinking about that. And then when my friend had also mentioned this, that that combination plus reading um, the China study was amazing. I was like, whoa, why didn't I learn this in medical school? So those three together just blew my mind. Um, and then when everything, then after the month when I'd lost so much weight, and I struggled with weight since I was young. When I start, when I was really, really young before puberty, 
I was a, a stick. I was an athletic beanpole. I hit puberty. I started growing out. I wasn't allowed to play guys uh, basketball or baseball. I had to go for soft, softball, and I was just mad. So I stopped mo moving as much, except for skiing. I was still really good at skiing, but I just stopped moving as much, and I started gaining weight, and I'm feeling bad. So at 47, I felt like 47. By the time I was 48, and I'd been doing this for a year, I felt like I was 20. Felt better than I had felt in my 20s. It was mm -hmm. awesome. So those, that combination of just feeling so much better um, kept me going. And then looking at them as a physician and looking at the numbers and the changes in my patients was better than any medicine I'd ever given anybody without the side effects. The only side effects were, you know, you kind of have to buy new clothes. But, you know, for the first time since I was 13 to 47, I had to eat more to not lose too much weight. What a concept. It was just unbelievable. So what so, came first? Did your patients start to see changes in you or were the changes so quick that you were like, got, got the soapbox out? I got the soapbox out pretty quick and I had to <laughs> really tone back. it back a little yeah. bit. But I started with my, um, my staff, actually, because my staff noticed what was happening to me. And it was interesting because I had a few friends or staff members who were like, ugh. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. What you're doing is nuts. You're restricting, you know, how horrible it must be. You know, you're not getting to eat everything that I get to eat. And but then like one of my most one of a good friend and most, you know, valued members of my staff who was already thin and athletic changed and started eating the way I did. And I and then continued it. And she had poo-pooed me a lot. She had just like, this is crazy. And I said, I understand why you started. No, I said, tell me what, why you started. She goes, well, I saw what happened to you and your body and your energy. And I said, but why did you continue it? And she said, because I had um, migraines every day for most of my life. And they went away. And if my migraines, will, I'll do anything to keep my migraines from coming back. And, um, you know, I, it was impressive. And I've seen that a lot with my patients. I've seen their migraines go away. And it's not just getting rid of dairy, which is a huge part. But there's something else, and I think it's a lack of some of the micronutrients and phytochemicals that are in the, the healthier foods that people like me, who is a Milky Way vegetarian, but still ate crap, you know, miss out on. And mm -hmm. so that's... My staff started changing over, then my patients started changing over, and I got crazy enthusiastic. I did research on it. I went, I did so many classes and courses and went to plant-based conferences and saw and just ate the most delicious, incredible foods that, and could eat so much more than I have done in my life. I've restricted in my life. I've done, I've done dumb things in my life in trying to lose, you know, not be too heavy or to lose weight. I was the only heavy person in my family when I was young. So I would try not to eat for a couple of weeks at a time and thought, wow, if this was only cigarettes, I could not eat, you know, that's fine, but you have to eat. You know, I, I can, I can quit smoking cause I can quit something, but then you have to eat. And I didn't realize I could have just changed it over to eating healthy foods and I could eat as much as I want versus, um, you know, 
I, I wish I had in my head when I was really young, I had said, okay, you can eat this, but you can't eat that. I just thought I just had to eat. And I didn't realize that chicken was okay, was, was not helpful or was, was heavy. I didn't realize my father was a cardiologist and we drank milk growing up. And I remember about my teen years, he's like, oh, milk is not good. We have to switch to skim milk. No idea that I had to switch to just get rid of milk, that I shouldn't be having the milk of a, another species, but that we're the only species that drinks milk after weaning. I didn't understand at that time that that was not healthy and that was not how nature intended us to be. And so if I had changed over then and just changed my addiction to food to addiction to healthy food, my life would have been a lot easier for a long time. Well, your dad, your dad is a cardiologist and like you went to school to be a doctor mm-hmm. and you're educated on, mm-hmm. on certain things and, and not educated on other things. So awareness mm-hmm. and focus is brought to one area um, that is supposed to help um, your patients. And I know you experienced this too. You got you know, to a point where you were like, I don't understand, how was I not, how was I not told this? Um, so your dad was probably doing the best he could with the information he had yes. at that time. But how did you, how did you like, or what is it that lights you up? Like, cause I can feel like your, your energy in this, like you're just, you're maybe sold a little bit of misinformation. Oh, I was mad when I found out about this. And I realized that Dean Ornish had published a page, paper in 1997, I think, or somewhere in the 1990s. When I was in resin, medical school and residency, that's when I should have learned this stuff because his paper reversing heart disease is amazing. So when I talked to my father, I said, what the heck? And he said, well, you know, the research is out there, but I'm in my 80s. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this. If I was in my 40s, I do it. It doesn't matter what age you are. I've had 90-year-olds change over and be clearer, have be able to think better, be able to move better. And you know, I don't want to particularly live forever, but while I'm here, I want to live as healthfully as possible. I want to live every day as as happy and healthfully as possible and not be dependent on drugs and be in the hospital and seeing doctors all the time. My greatest goal is to get people to not see me. And so that's what turns me on. That's what is my passion is to actually teach other people how amazing this feels and amazing this is so they can go out and enjoy life and avoid me and others. And um, my father did come around, especially after uh, I went to a plant-based cardiology conference and people he had trained, people who had, were his colleagues were there. I'm like, where, dad, how come you're not here? And why is the American College of Cardiology president, Dr. Kim Williams saying, you know, you should do this and you're not following that. And he did, he ended up switching over. So that was really nice. It was very fun. Was there any like self-forgiveness that you had to mm-hmm. offer yourself from practicing though? And again, it's like you had the information that you had yeah. and we always, we believe that everybody's doing the best they can with the information yeah. they have, right? Regardless of what their behavior is or, or how they're acting or, or what it is that they're doing in their profession. But waking up to this and then kind of seeing the stream of patients that maybe you were managing their disease, did you have a bit of like remorse and maybe a little anger at yourself? Absolutely. Um, I, 
I had, I had anger at others for not teaching me this so I could teach others. I had anger at myself for not looking at the information as well. But the problem is a lot of this information is in nutrition journals and doctors don't usually listen to read the nutrition journals. They read the medical journals. And in medical school, I had maybe an hour of teaching on nutrition and it was how to give parental, um, which is IV nutrition to people who couldn't be eating. You know, and that's like how much sodium do you put in, how much magnesium, how much potassium and all that. So I never learned about any of this. And I know I remember a long time ago, people had talked about antioxidants and, you know, some of this. And I just wasn't either didn't I wasn't ready to listen or they weren't getting it to me the right way that I was listening. So I did have to forgive myself and learn and so a plant-based diet is really important in, in general health. So is movement. And that's whether it's exercising or just walking. Walking is an amazing way to move or gardening or cleaning your house or whatever. Uh, it is. Being out in nature is important, important. Forgiveness is incredibly important. So I had to learn to forgive myself for the mistakes I made, for the things I told my patients wrong. Like, Telling my diabetic patients it's the sugar when it's not, it's intramyocellular fat. And I had to learn that while I was going through this process. Um, you know, it's, it's accepting that I was given what I was given. I learned as best as I could at the time. Now I know better. And now I wanted to spread it even more. And then helping my patients forgive themselves or forgive their doctors. Because I have many patients who come to me and like, why wasn't I told this? Why did I have to suffer for so long? And a lot of chronic disease is reversible. You want, no matter what, no matter who I have as a patient, this will help. Eating healthier, loving more, stressing less, moving more, all of that from Dr. Um, Dean Ornish's work makes a difference. If you catch it early enough, you can reverse disease. If you catch it later, sometimes you have to stay on meds but it prevents getting worse. So we just start from, okay, I know what you were taught before. Here's what I'm telling you now and what I want you to try because what you were doing before wasn't working. And let's see how this works. And when it becomes so apparent to people like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I feel so much better. Then they get mad. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't, you got to forgive others. You got to forgive yourself mm -hmm. and we got to move forward because if you don't, you won't get fully healthy. And I think we we all have had that to our own degree. I certainly did as I woke up to all of the things, right? So first I woke up to new energy levels and I, by all means classified as super healthy people, BJ and I, and going to the gym and doing all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but once you get that stuff out of your system and you realize like, oh, this is actually how I feel. And I've been mm -hmm. clouding that through this nutrition that I've putting in my body. Then of course you learn about the earth. Then of course you learn about the impact of, um, on the animals. And so I think to our, our own degree, like we go through that, having to have that self-forgiveness. Yeah. Do you have a method behind that or advice that you give to your patients as to how to do that? It, it depends on the patient. I mean, I generally start where the patient is, and it depends on what their background is, their history is. Um, I have a huge toolbox that I can use now. 
So I have, it depends on if they learn better by reading, if they learn better by uh, watching YouTube videos, or if they learn better by movies. I inundate them with everything. And you, but I tell them, for you, I would suggest going to this first, because I think the more information we have, the better it is. And the more positivity we have, the better it is, because we are all fighting against money and, and all the negativity that's out there. I mean, there's tons of misinformation about food every day. Is butter back? Is butter not back? You know, are, are carbs good or carbs bad? There's so much misinformation. And so I just say, you know, here's the information that is that's evidence-based, that's proven to work. Look at that. When you have questions, when you have people telling you you're doing things wrong, even if they're well-meaning, or you're getting too thin, or you're doing this, or you're doing that, you know, how are you getting your protein? How are you making sure you're feeding your child well? How are you, you know, where are you getting your, you know, why, where are you getting your nutrients from? Which they never ask about somebody who's going to McDonald's. They always ask about somebody who's decided to go plant-based. And so I'm just like, come back to me, talk to me. I will happily answer any question because there are lots of subtleties to this. You do want to make sure you're getting your B12. You do want to make sure, which, you know, is in the soil, in the, from microorganisms in the soil. And when you're plant-based, since we don't grow our veggies and eat it straight from the soil, we wash off everything. There's chemicals in the soil now. We do find that lots of uh, people who are not plant-based are B12 deficient too, because unless they're eating animals that have also been given B12, they're B12 deficient. I want to make sure they're getting vitamin D. You know, even if you're out in the sun, we're not living on the equator in a loincloth. Let's make sure you're getting plenty of vitamin D. Let's make sure you're getting a good variety. Like it's, it's not healthy just to eat cucumbers. Love cucumbers. But if you only ate cucumbers, you're not getting enough of the variety of what you need. And so... A lot and lots of people have questions about. Well, this looks protein supplements. Well, they don't know that whey is a problem. They don't know that you really don't want to necessarily supplement protein unless there's specific reasons. And and how to just eat your peas, eat your beans. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll get plenty. So I have to do a lot of re-education. And then there's education about even how to cook because I didn't know how to cook before, and I do the easiest thing I can because I'm terrible. I, I love to wash dishes, but I am a terrible cook. And so um, you have to relearn what to put in your pantry, how to cook, how to shop. You know, it's it's just a lot of education. It, I'm there to support my friends, my family. And yeah, I have this passion about uh, even if I'm walking down the street, I've, I've encouraged eight of my neighbors out as we're walking outside to, to go plant-based and, they, you know, making sure that when they do, if they're getting dizzy or they're getting weak, are they on too much medication? Do I need to take their medications down? Because that's very, very important. And I love de-prescribing. I love getting people off their medicines. It's like one of my favorite things to do. So. The, um, the food, I love that you brought up this topic for people, you know, in their, in their forties and fifties making this transition and they don't, they don't know how to cook. They don't. Yeah. 
And your first reaction, you know, is like, oh my God, how could that possibly be? Like, you've got, how would you make it this far? But it's actually, it's, it's a reality. I think it's, 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 it's pretty prominent, at least the experience that I've had. And so how do you, how do you address it? Like, I, you can simplify it. You know, I found like, you know, mm-hmm. rice and beans, super easy. You microwave some rice, you open a can of beans, there you go. But mm-hmm. it may even be like um, recommending a food service like Daily Harvest or something that mm-hmm. will have uh, food um, readily available in your house so you're not making those other decisions. But what have you found is a good connection? Um, and it may be split, but what do you find most often to, to bridge that gap? So a couple of things that I find really helpful is one, finding out what they like to eat. So if they like spaghetti, okay, make spaghetti with whole grain pastas or some veggie pastas. So switch that over, kind of easy. They know how to boil rice, the, the, the noodles. Um, instead of a meat-based tomato sauce, get a tomato sauce that has, you know, I teach them how to look for if there's um, more salt in milligrams than calories, don't have that. It's kind of easy. You can find some really simple ones that just have three or four ingredients in it. And then instead of adding meats, have it have some lentils in there. You know, just get there. You can get packaged lentils and, and just put that in there. And just so it's it's getting rid of some just adjusting to what they're used to. You know, there's a lot of what have you had that, you know, for when I when I went plant based, I was like, I can't go plant based. I can't go vegan because I'll, I'll never be able to do it. And I realized I had lived in Sri Lanka for two years and they were basically plant-based. So it's like, oh, wait, I did do that. So if you like Thai food, go out to a Thai restaurant and just have from the, a lot of them will have vegan or plant-based stuff. If you love Indian food, there's plenty of options that are, that, that don't have dairy. And you can just say, I'm lactose intolerant. And 90%, 99% of the time, that's true. We shouldn't be doing this. We're all lactose intolerant after we've stopped weaning from the breast, from our mom's breast milk. So, you know, it's easy to just say restaurants can do that. And giving them little tips like that helps. Giving my example, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. So getting a couple of pieces in the of equipment, if you have the money to do that, is great. Like, I can't live without my um, Vitamix. And my um, my Instant Pot, those two things and are the best thing in the world. You put in the rice, you put in the water, you put it on, and you leave. It's great. Or you put in this, or you put in that. So, um, and I love my my Vitamix. And so I'll suggest things like that. We'll talk about batch cooking for busy, busy people, and for people who have issues with portions uh, or time limitations, like I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I just would batch cook one day, lots and lots of stuff, uh, have it all available and portion it out. And then when I have to go to work the next day, I just pull it out at night or the next day and it's all already packaged up and go to work. And I'd have tons of food. I mean, just huge amounts of food. And people would be like, you can't eat all that. I was eating all that and losing weight. And it's great. Mm-hmm. Or changing the palate like I did with a smoothie a day for a month drinking it slowly during the day. By the end of the month, I was craving salads. Who knew? For somebody who had never liked anything green, after a month of green smoothies, my palate had changed, and I was, I was like, ooh, I want that salad. It's such a weird thing. And so trying to adjust people that way 
Um, again, starting with where they're at, are they gourmet chefs or have they never cooked? Mm-hmm. Have they don't know how to boil water? I mean, I personally didn't know how to do anything before. I, I'm probably one of the few people who've <laughs> I've burned myself in the kitchen in places that are not acceptable. <laughs> it was just, I was like a bad, I was a terrible cook. Keep me out of the kitchen. And now I can actually chop things. I can actually make myself some foods and I just have it pre-made and just add things. And it's easy. It makes it so much easier and it's delicious. So I'm interested to dig in a little bit around when you've made these changes this year, you've eaten plant-based, you're fired up about it. Mm -hmm. The staff is noticing changes. Your patients are noticing changes, but I'm assuming you're still working in a pretty Western Mm -hmm. Madison type model. How does that fly there? Because don't you have a certain amount of time to be with each patient? And you're talking about, you know, batch cooking. That's not a 15 minute conversation. (laughs) No, it isn't. So that was very frustrating. If a patient, like I had one, if if somebody no showed afterwards and I had extra time, I always took that extra time. Um, I would, again, I would give out tons of handouts because I didn't have the time, but I would say, call me or email me or whatever. And even if you came in for a cold, you got the whole spiel. I was known as the kale lady in, you know, where I used to work. And everybody like, people would not see me or would see me because they knew I'd put them on a plant-based diet, no matter what they came in for. And um, it was pretty fun. I, it, it was surprising that more people than I thought were receptive. And people I thought never would be receptive did it and got healthier. And it was amazing. So I never, ever um, took it for granted. But I used things like get on um, PCRM, get get apps that are free. So nutritionfacts.org, PCRM, you know, the 21-day vegan kickstart. I give them those, those tools to use on their own. But it also became a, a situation where I wanted to live the lifestyle that I, you know, wanted my patients to live. And I wanted more time. So I started... Uh, a program called Doc's Lifestyle Medicine. Derek Olson, Kim Shorter. Derek Olson was my partner who's a nurse who also benefited immensely from dating me and being on a plant-based <laughs> lifestyle because our first dates was, was within the month of me doing this. And I said, I'm bringing the food because we were going to go camping. And he's like, okay. Because I said, I'm just changing my lifestyle. So I had my friend cook for both of us for camping. We brought all this stuff. I brought all this stuff. And I remember him eating oh, I could eat this, so I could eat this. And the end of the weekend, he brought out the Spam and the Chef Boyardee and all the stuff he brought in case the date didn't go well or he didn't like the food. And we gave that to my dog who had a great time. But um, so he lost 60 pounds, over 60 pounds, got off of five medicines, two for cholesterol and three for blood pressure. And he's young, he's younger than me. So it totally changed his life. So we started Doc's Lifestyle Medicine and we started... um, doing classes, the CHIP programs around town, and I do a little bit more. And then the goal was to actually eventually go out of my my traditional practice and do lifestyle medicine full-time, especially after I got boarded. So I eventually did that and um, got hooked up with plant-based telehealth. Love them. Great group of docs. Unbelievable if you... If you 
are already plant-based and struggling, come to us, we can help any of the docs there. We have, we're licensed in all 50 states plus DC. Um, it's all online, it's great. And actually changed over just when COVID hit. I had planned to for a couple of years, but it worked out really well. So docs is online. Then I started up with plant-based telehealth, which is amazing. And what I love about them, that group is just brilliant, brilliant physicians with a variety of knowledge that we each can depend on each other for. So for example, if I have a, some, something that's just stumping me, I can talk to all my colleagues at Plant-Based Telehealth and say, what do you, what's your experience with this? How's it going? And I love each one of us. And each one of them, like me, are plant-based and uh, live like the lifestyle we want to teach our patients to do. We, we do move. We do eat healthy. We do care about our mental status as much as our physical status, you know, and, and that's, it's just great. So it's been a blast. It's been so much fun. <laughs> what, um, I love this, uh, cause we too believe strongly in like be doing the work ourselves, be the leaders, like mm -hmm. actually do it. And I yeah. feel like that it becomes so easy for us to have fun and to uh, share our experiences and speak so authentically about what we're trying to trying to do in this world. And it, it starts from taking action yourself. And I wanted to ask you about this toolbox that you mentioned, this toolbox of, of, of tools that you have and how much of it can you recall? And I know you probably do extensive research and reading, but how much has it been experience of just talking with other doctors, failing often and collecting information, going out on a trail run and, or a trail hike and all of a sudden something come to you um, in, the middle of, in the middle of nature? Like, how has this toolbox been built? So I started with um, watching all the, the movies and um, so Forks Over Knives, What the Health, um, Cowspiracy, a bunch of movies and, and getting on nutritionfacts.org. Uh, he's brilliant. Dr. Greg, Michael Greger is brilliant and he's very evidence-based. And so, and then hooking up with Dr. Joel Furman and his nutritarian uh, information. So I have tons of books that I have. I just love having things in my hands. So I, I've read all the books. Um, in fact, I was, you know, just on Chef AJ recently and she, I watched all her videos but I hadn't read her book and I just got her book and I was like, oh my God, this is great. I'm giving out to these patients and these patients. So, um, you know, I just, I, I have a curious mind. So I just go everywhere. Then I went to a lot of um, plant-based physician uh, international conferences and things like that. So I started at one conference that was 300 docs or providers, not necessarily just doctors, but providers, medical providers. The next, and over the next many years before COVID hit, it went to 3,000. And you just get inspired by all these incredible people that are in the fields, that are doing the research. I'm not a great researcher, so I love to look at the research and give it to people. Um, I'm, I'm a generalist. I'm not a, a specialist. So I, you know, if I need help with cardiology, I know where to look for that information. And that's great. And then I can give it off to my patients. Or if I need help with dermatology. I have dermatology, uh, plant-based dermatologist friends. And I'm like, hey, what do you do with this or that? You know, so it's every single, you know, nephrologists and there's plant-based doctors everywhere. PCRM, the Physicians Committee for 
responsible medicine, another incredible resource. Then there's things like, I don't know if you guys know about Mike the Vegan. He's got a website where he goes in, he talks on YouTube about all the research. And I love looking at the research he pulls together from a different point of view. And that I give to my younger patients, you know, and I give, um, you know, depending on the age and what they're, the age and their athleticism and they're this or that, I just go through all of those. Um, I love finding new people and on a daily basis, like finding you guys. I love what you do. When I, when I heard about you guys, I had, you know, I went to your website and then I'm like, okay, I have another tool to give to my patients who need this information because when I was in Aspen, I had a lot of very athletic people who thought they were healthy, but they were on keto diets and they were on this and that. And I need my protein and, you know, pounding the whey protein. I'm like, oh, no, you know, so um, just going because because I'm a generalist, I go everywhere and I find things and I just put it in and I have lists and lists and lists and I can just pick from those lists and, and make it specific to the person I'm seeing. Talking to it blows me away. You had said something a few moments ago about um, oh, your your partner Derek that he was on two medications for blood pressure and multiple medications for cholesterol, which blows me away because I would think, well, isn't there just one medicine that you need for? blood pressure, but I'm sure now that the way they're building the industry, it's like, well, this medication does this thing, and then you need this thing to go with it to do it, da-da-da. And blood pressure, uh, cholesterol, those medicines are so prevalent. We also see a lot of prevalency with um, depression depression medicines, right? Mm -hmm. Medicines for Mm -hmm. depression. Have you uh, seen any, I know you're not, you're a family practitioner of lifestyle medicine, but have you seen that, um, any effects of moving to this more lifestyle medicine have an effect um, or the ability for a patient to wean or lower their medications for depression? Absolutely. So in family practice, we see depression all the time. Mm. And it's manifested, manifested in so many different ways as pure depression, as anxiety, as, you know, physiological issues, you know, fatigue, you know, there's so many things. Mm -hmm. So I'm very familiar with depression, very. And yes, I have definitely gotten people off of depression medicines, um, antidepressant medicines with lifestyle. So first, you're not poisoning your body with chemicals that causes inflammation, which causes inflammation in your brain, which causes depression a lot of times. You're not, you're moving more. And there's lots of research that shows that exercise works as well or better than quite a few uh, antidepressant medicines. So if I can get them to feel better by fueling their body better and moving more, then that helps their depression and we can take them off medicines. So, um, uh, and then there's, you know, meditation and forgiveness and gratitude diaries. You know, there's plenty of research that shows if you write the three three things you're grateful for every day in two weeks, your depression score will come down a little bit. And so you add all these tools together. And I, again, love getting people off medicines. And I don't, medicines are really great when you need them, but they have side effects. And so half the people take medicines for the side effects of the medicines they're given. So you're taking double that. So let's get you off everything if we can. And, you know, for like blood pressure, yes, you're right. 
Some people have refractory blood pressure issues where one medicine doesn't work. You have to add another one or another one and it hits different ways. And so for Derek, you know, he has a very strong family history of blood pressure and cholesterol issues, but you don't just inherit genes, you inherit recipes. So if you're inheriting the gene for a high blood pressure and the recipe, so the gene will set you up one way, but the recipe will, the, the salts and the, the, the chemicals will make you, you know, the, the saturated fats and all that will trigger those genes to turn on or off, then you can, you'll need medicine. And so we, when he switched over, he stopped the recipes that his family was used to. He's British, so it was, you know, steak and potatoes, you know, it's just all kinds. Of, if I could get him to change, anybody can change, let me tell you. And, um, and I didn't, I started with, I eat clean. I'm a, I'm a food addict, and if, it, if it's in my house, it's in my mouth. So you've got to keep my house clean. You can eat whatever you want when you go out. That's your choice. But in my house, it's clean. And so he started with the clean stuff in my house. And when we went out, which was not too often, but sometimes he would eat big steak or something and feel terrible. Or he would do that. And over the years, now we go out and he eats healthy. And it's great. And him getting off his medicines really has made it. But losing the weight made the difference. You know, his risk factor, as he rightfully said, I think, I'd be dead if I hadn't met you. Because his risk factors were very bad. And... Um, you know, he, he's, he's decreased his risk so much, and it's just awesome. And he doesn't spend the money that you spend on those medicines. He doesn't have the side effects of them, which is great. Was it a challenge to be patient with him in terms of like, you know, I just stop eating the steak today, or you can do it on your own right. time five or six years down the road? Like, how is your patience tested? It's very tested with my family, and my, you know, my friends who I see being unhealthy and I just, because I'm empathetic, because I want them to be as healthy as they can be with Derek, I wanted him to be as healthy as I could be. If I pushed too hard, it wouldn't have worked anyway. So I had to be, it's, it's been a learning experience. It's just, you know, you want so much when you find out what's so good for you to make, to have other people feel this and be this. So uh, it does. It's sad for me when I know a patient comes in and they're not changing and I wish that they could or would, but it may not be their time yet. And I just have to forgive myself for not being perfect to be able to change them, you know, um, and, and, and just know that I'm trying my best. Um, so with Derek, it was, it was hard to sit there and not say anything. Um, or the next day when he had that, the food hangover or, you know, things like that, not say I told you so, <laughs> but just time, um, enthusiasm, being a role model. So like you guys said, I think it's so important to go to a physician, you know, going to a, a cardiologist who's overweight and obese and who tells you, you know, you should lose weight is not the same as going to a cardiologist who is healthy and fit and, and says, you know, here's a way, you know, you should lose weight. Here's how I did it. It makes a difference, I think. And so, um, it's, it's the same as smoking before, you know, you, 
physicians who smoked wouldn't tell their patients not to smoke because they didn't think that they could quit. So how, why would they think their patients would quit? I know you can do it. It may take longer than I want, but you can do it, you know? And so let's work together to get it done. What are some changes or some visions for the future that you're feeling really passionate that you would like to see in the medical model? Um, you know, maybe in hospitals or in the, you know, <laughs> big pharma hospital relationships or, uh, you know, some things that just you would really like to see reversed. Well, I love what PCRM does and in trying to first change the foods in the hospital. I mean, I tried, I tried so hard in the hospital I used to work in to say, why are you giving people bacon? It's a class one carcinogen. It's the same as tobacco. If you're gonna give them bacon, just put, the, put back the, the cigarette, you know, vending machines. And it, it was very frustrating. So one, I'd like to just start with teaching medical students in, in medical school. And Dr. Barnard's doing that and it's, it's getting there. You know, it's getting out there. It's so, like I said, we before I went to a conference, 300 people, now 3,000. And they're having to stop, you know, limit. I love that. It's becoming much more mainstream. I, so teaching the medical students, number one, which they're doing, getting the hospitals to get crap out of the hospitals so that after you've had your heart attack, you don't get a steak dinner. It makes no sense. Or when I send my patient in who had a baby who's vegan, um, you know, and they're supposed, they're getting their steak dinner because they had their baby there and they said, no, I'm vegan. And then they get, instead of that, they get a mac and cheese. I'm like, that's not vegan. That's not healthy. So, you know, trying to get more and more of the patients to say, look, this isn't what I want. This isn't what is healthy. And so getting them to make it dis- help. Um, pharmaceuticals, I don't think that's ever going to work. Follow the money. They're going to do what they need to do. They, well, they're going to do what they do to make money. And so trying to educate people, like, instead of pulling out little things and, and, you know, um, going, you know, taking the vitamin E out of something and giving you a vitamin E pill, but eating the, which is actually not healthy because actually vitamin E alone is kind of dangerous, but just having the whole food that has vitamin E in it makes so much more sense. So those are ways I'd love to do it in schools. We need to teach parents so that they can teach their kids and the teachers. We need to teach the teachers. And it's getting there. It's getting more mainstream. I love, I don't particularly love things like um, Beyond Burgers and things like that because I don't, I've never, you know, who wants the meat and the taste of it? I don't even want the taste of it anymore. Or the the uh, the fake cheeses, the, the non-dairy cheeses. I don't like the taste of them, but it's a good bridge for some people to start with, you know, if they think I cannot give this up, at least you're not hurting the animals. At least you're not hurting the environment. At least you're not hurting yourself as much um, by switching, you know, using those things to switch over. So it's getting more mainstream. And that makes me have a lot of good feeling. And it has to happen. We have to do it for the world. We have to do it for individuals, but we have to do it for the world. So it's there's going to be no choice in the future. So getting my family to, to start learning this and then spreading the word. I love the spreading the word. I mean, it's great that we're starting more and more. Like I, I, I worked on my neighbors and now my neighbor's husbands and my neighbor's neighbor's neighbors. You know, it's just great. Yeah. So 
I, I do have a lot of positive feeling. This is so much better than when before I, I, I know I only started 10 years ago being healthier. But 20 years ago, if you were trying to eat healthy, it was tough. Now we've got to get it into the inner cities, into the food deserts. We have to get it, you know, to just be normalized. Now I can go to a restaurant and say, I'm, I'm lactose intolerant. I don't want anything with dairy. They're getting that. Or I want a vegan meal. Or, you know, can you make this without so much oil? You know, can you go light on the oil? I mean, it's, it's now easier to be able to say that and do that. I, I've used that um, that trick before, like I'm lactose intolerant, because sometimes yeah. they don't get it, like the vegan versus vegetarian. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really good advice for people. Right. And the trickle effect that you're talking about is incredibly powerful. And one of the things that I love about the trickle effect is that we will never know just how far it goes, right? It just mm -hmm. keeps yeah. going. And it eventually, like all the rivers flow back into the ocean, right? Like it's eventually yeah. all of that is going to flow into the masses. It is. And we're seeing it more and more. And just in the past, you know, decade or so that we've been um, plant-based. And by the way, it's World Vegan Day. I realized that, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which I wish they would change it to whole food, plant-based vegan day, right? Because there is a difference. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, just the changes that we've seen. And, and But we still have to, I think the whole foods, plant-based is such an important piece to nail home. And then, you know, we can have those decadent cashew-based cheeses and things like that as, you know, little uh, treats now and again. But to have that yeah. as the staple of your diet, especially for us uh, ex-cheeseaholics, um, it's no good. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so to, to spe actually speaking of that real quick, before we wrap this up, I'm curious to know where you stand on like the oil piece. Um, as far as like, you know, eat the avocado or don't eat the avocado or do the avocado oil, like where are you with that? So absolutely no question about it, have the whole food if you can. Have the avocado instead of the avocado oil because if you're making oil, first of all, oil is 120 calories per tablespoon of pure fat. You've taken out the fiber, you've taken out many of the micronutrients. So even though there's some health benefit, it's very little very very little comparatively so have the avocado use the whole thing then you get everything oil has um you know if you're looking at calorie density for people who need to lose weight it's it's horrible how hidden that is if you have a salad that's beautiful and healthy with 400 calories and then you add a tablespoon of oil in whatever way you do that's 800 calories right there it's you, that you didn't need and so you can just take that out and have a, have a nut-based if you want to, which has oil in it, but it's nut-based. It has all the fiber and everything else in there if you want it. Um, if you look at the studies, if you give somebody oil, it affects the endothelial lining of your vessels and causes vasoconstriction. It doesn't let you vasodilate. So you, you're hurting the endothelial lining, which is very bad because then it increases your risk of heart disease and all kinds of inflammation and things like that. Oil is very quickly absorbed, so it increases your inflammation. It increases so many other things. So I push for, I don't have oil in my house. That's even better. I love not cooking with oil anymore, but I do, you know, you do need some healthy fats in your diet, um, like flax seeds. And it depends on where you are. If you're end-stage cardiac, you want, if you have end-stage cardiac disease as a, as a patient, 
You want to get as low fat as possible, as absolutely low fat as possible. Um, if you are end stage, if you are diabetic and you have problems with insulin resistance, you want to have low fat also. If you are a huge athlete, then have your fats from healthy foods, nuts and seeds and, and avocados. And, um, you know, we need some of that. We need some fats to absorb the fat-soluble um, vitamins like A, D, E, and K. So you need a little bit. And everything already has some fat in it, too. I mean, you know, so I'm, I definitely push away from oils for myself, for my patients. Um, and so, but that's, again, there's individualized. And it depends on where you are in your life. If you're a, a young child who needs a lot more calories then that's a little different. But again, do the whole food mm. and, and eat more of that. You can eat more avocado when you're young and, and running around than you can when you're older. And, you know, but then again, as you get older, there's other things you need. So it it's just depends on where you're from. And that's the same with the nuts and seeds. There's a lot of questions about whether to do that or not. Um, but I think that there's a lot of research that a handful of, you know, an ounce of nuts or seeds every day are not are actually helpful depending on where you are on your medical, um, in your medical life, life. And so it's individualized, which is why you go to a plant-based doctor, <laughs> plant-based telehealth, but it's also general. We're, we're humans. We all need the same basic things. We're, you know, we don't need cat food that you give to a cat. We don't need dog food that you give to a dog. You don't, we don't need giraffe food. We need human food. So, um, you know, but it's plant, whole food plant-based is the way. And like you said, I hate that they use vegan because you could be a really horribly, have a horrible diet as a vegan. You can absolutely have a hard, I mean, Oreos are vegan. Um, you know, Coca-Cola is vegan. It's not healthy. Yeah, so. totally agree. And uh, yeah. I hope I don't get sued by them. No. <laughs> I don't think they're listening to, I don't think they're going to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do know that these these companies are starting to feel a little threatened by this movement for sure, mm -hmm. but they're smart. They know how to run a business, and they're gonna. We're seeing it more and more they're that they're that yeah. they're investing and mm -hmm. they're buying into this stuff. So, um, Dr. Shoyer, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. And how it can people? Yeah, how can people get a hold of you, uh, book an appointment with you, and uh, yeah, get more of you? Excellent. So go to plantbasedtelehealth.com and all you have to do is um, there's a place where you can see how you can find a doctor who has um, who, who has a license in your state. Like I said, like you said, I have 20 states. I can't memorize them, give them all out. But if you put which state you're in, whether you're Medicare or not, then it'll tell you if you can see us and which doctors and then pick any one of Pick me or any one of my wonderful colleagues. They're awesome. There's there's information about each of us there. And you can also look at DocsLifestyleMedicine.com, you know, and, and find out about that because, um, and I, if you're better for plant-based telehealth, I will send you that way. It's, uh, it's great. You've got some really cool like health improvement packages on the Docs website. I was checking that out. So, um, and we know that, not only have some of our listeners mm -hmm. uh, worked with uh, the plant-based telehealth docs, but so far, at but least we know. Too. Yeah, one of, of our, our athletes, athletes has 
worked uh, as well, which is just so amazing, right? Like, oh my gosh, the trickle effect from a conversation is going to benefit somebody's health and, and maybe help them learn how to cook and, you know, not just live a longer life, but live a better life, you know, live and, the demonstration. Absolutely. And for people, you know, I, I tend to give out a lot of free stuff. So go to the resources page on Doc's Lifestyle Medicine because there's some resources on there. If you want to just see if you're interested or dabble, go there and you can, there's lots of free information out there now. And, uh, but a lot of people need a little extra help and we're here for you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And thank you so much for all that you do. Uh, so grateful you found your way and you're one of the top tier docs out there changing the game. Thank you. And yeah. to you guys too. Thanks for what you do. It's just, let's spread the word. Yeah. Let's oh, do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys. 